how do you feel about math with letters in it? Because I'm having a time in the statistics class that I'm in. Oh, man. Uh, so, depends on what kind of letters. Is it a train leaves Boston traveling 65 miles an hour? Kind of math with letters? Or is it 1x times 3 equals It's the second y. part. It's the second part, except there's multiple X's and multiple Y's and lowercase and capital and... There's some Z's in there and weirdly shaped B's and weird font and italics. Yeah. Well, you know, it's your fault for taking statistics. Yeah, but, you know, it's just to try to better my Fantasy position football? in life. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I have a bachelor's degree in marketing. And uh, being Indian, I'm supposed to be good at math, right? So you would think I would be really good at statistics. Man, I hated statistics. Even though marketing is, you know, I'd say about 60% stats and everything, taking surveys and all that stuff. And I hated that damn thing. I uh, I managed to get a degree in marketing without taking a single math class. How? Uh, real simple. I conned the college. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I loved calculus. I, calculus uh, was fun. Algebra and calc. Uh, but then when I had to get into the harder stuff, I went a different route. I went marketing design. So I had to take like math of art. Interesting. Which is the golden ratio and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it got me all my math credits. And so I have I have a degree in marketing, but with the emphasis on design in marketing. I should have done that. Dang it. But I, I enjoy math. That's not a problem. Statistics, on the other hand, man, that, that's uh, it bugged me. It's because it has numbers in it, or letters, letters and numbers, numbers and so, letters and charts. It's ridiculous. Trigonometry, calculus, they all have numbers and letters. Uh, anything, I mean, anything after basic algebra has letters. In fact, basic algebra has letters. Um, and it's weird shapes as well derivatives and all of that stuff once you get into that that's uh that's fun but man i don't know why statistics it i think it might have been a girl issue <laughs> and kyle i think that you would probably have had trouble in like any math class especially if they started going over like even numbers and were like two four you would be like where's one where's three ah right the numbers are supposed to be there in an order in order yep right so you got to use them, and if you're going to count down, you have to use them all. Uh, unless the Wayne's World paradox, you know. They just don't want to be heard on camera saying two, one. Okay. But, but to me, then it comes back to that's on the technical director if they take them to air too early. So. Right. So I'm saying you shouldn't. <laughs> two and one should happen during your roll-in. Your, your, well, we your should be roll visually see them during vtr so yeah well that uh concludes our ted talk on math uh on here on nerd news now um what were you guys up to this weekend i know it wasn't doing statistical equations so kyle what have you been up to i didn't leave that well okay i shouldn't say i didn't leave the house but i'm for the most part didn't leave the house um, I went and saw Black Widow because I could see it for $5 and sit in a Lazy Boy while I did it. 
Um, for two tickets to Black Widow, a large popcorn, two large pops, uh, Sour Patch Kids, Milk Duds, and a bag of fruit snacks cost me $21. And all of those snacks were before you entered the movie, right? And so you had to buy it again for the movie? Okay. No, but if you divide that plus divide, if you divide the cost of the things that I paid by the cost to make Black Widow, I still came out behind. What? No. Did you say $21 for all of those things plus the tickets? Yes. It, was there like a, a, a big time discount of concessions? Because that's not how concessions work in Texas. No, well, no, this particular theater, right. if you go on Sunday, everything is like old timey rates because it's family wow. day. So what they do is they charge, like if you go before five o'clock, you see a movie that starts before five o'clock, tickets are five bucks a piece. Yeah, but everything the else, hmm? the concessions should be more. Well, but the whole idea is, is they're trying to get families to come in with their three, four, five kids and not kill them. You make some money on concessions, but not a lot because it keeps people come every week. Like they offer, they offer, uh, like you can get, uh, ticket packages like at the beginning of the year or whatever, where you get, you know, three tickets to every movie that's under PG 13 for, for Sundays, you know what I mean? Like, and you can reserve your seats for a year. So how did you get out of the hospital so quick? How did I get out of the hospital? I've been out of the hospital for like three weeks. Weren't you at the, didn't you have all those snacks yesterday? Have all those what? Didn't you just have all those snacks yesterday? I went with a friend. Mm. Also, at that price, you buy some to go, man. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you had mentioned being able to escape having a statistics course, but you just did an excellent description of customer lifetime value. You really did, seriously. Sure. Good. It's like I said, they're trying to build... This theater is in a mall that is dead except for the theater. Um, they're trying to get people to come out every week, even if they don't... Even if off of me and my friend, they might have only made five bucks. But if they have 50 people that come every Sunday and they make five bucks off them every Sunday, that's a sustainable business model if you're making real money the rest of the week. And they do. They do real well. Because normally you go there and you're looking at $20 a ticket for the heated seat lazy boys with the rumble packs so that when the plane crashes, butt feels like it's, you know, going to explode. You know, it's a nice theater. I'm still getting over the uh, the heated seat lazy boys. We don't have that here. Mm-hmm. Is that because it's so hot here? I mean, is that pretty much in the I would imagine that cold? you don't need to um, fight off the cold of winter most years. Except every, like, 100th February. That's right. the, the only time we would need it. Right. So another 99 years, hopefully. Right. No, but I went and saw Black Widow. And you, for some reason think it costs twenty dollars to make so <laughs> describe that uh if they paid more than that they overpaid yikes 
I don't know, man. Scarlett Johansson's worth much more than that. D minus. For for what the movie or for Scarlett Johansson? The movie as a whole. Ah. Uh, okay, but that doesn't. I mean, it was a big budget film, though. Okay, sure, but like they overpaid. <laughs> I could have made that movie for like sixty-five cents, and you know. A case of monster. Okay, well, rate the snacks then. How how are the snacks? Uh, nine out of ten. But but in order, would you put Sour Patch Kids above popcorn and fruit snacks? Or I still haven't eaten the Sour Patch Kids. Like I said, you get some to go. You get some to go. That's a good cheaper um, than the grocery store. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the milk duds were melty. Because it was 90 degrees that day. Yeah. It's 90 degrees here. So the milk duds were some for some reason melty. Um, the, 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 the fruit snacks were tasty. The popcorn could have used more butter. But the soda was good. I feel like the popcorn could have used more milk duds. That's where they're supposed to go. That's why they're melty. You I, just couldn't, them in the popcorn. I couldn't get them in there because they were one big milk dud. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, so if you had throw the melted. milk dud in a pool... It would have been that scene from uh, Sandlot, you know, where they throw the baby Ruth in the pool. Yeah. That's what would have happened if you'd have thrown this milk dud in the pool. Um, Did that happen in Sandlot or are you talking about Caddyshack now? I think it's happened in a great many movies. Okay, but Caddyshack's the first one. Yes, Caddyshack is also a memorable candy bar in the pool situation. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Uh, Brainy, what about you? What kind of snacks did you have this weekend? Ooh, snacks. Um, or, you know, what of... did you do this weekend? But I just figured now we're already talking about snacks. So, so yeah, like always, I'm trying to catch up on old TV shows I've, you know, gotten so far behind on. Um, so I finally watched uh, Happy Endings, the three, yeah, the three seasons, three seasons of Happy Endings. Got that out of the way. Finally watched Space Jam, the new one. Got that out of the way. Started He-Man. Um, yeah, saw the first episode. I haven't seen anything else after that. So let's see how that goes. And unfortunately, I didn't get around to Ted Lasso. I was looking forward to Ted Lasso. Because apparently my free Apple TV uh, subscription is about to expire at the end of the month. So I got to decide whether I want to keep it for Ted Lasso or not. Yeah, because they're only doing one episode a week, right? Yep. So at least I'll be able to watch two episodes before they start charging me the five dollars. I'm not sure if it's worth the five dollars a month. No, I oh, yeah. have to go. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Kyle. I signed up for Paramount Plus. Um, I'm going to cancel Hulu in favor of Paramount Plus, just because of all the old timey CBS shows. Like I watched the original Perry Mason for like three days right after my surgery. Because I was pretty stoned and that was pretty easy to comprehend. Um, but I, I'm liking Paramount Plus a lot more than I'm liking Apple TV or some of the other ones that I've tried. Um, yeah, I started watching uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again just because it was there on Paramount Plus. Um, uh huh. No, I just got to find Peacock. I don't feel like giving them more money, so I got to find somebody who has Peacock. You don't want to pay for Peacock? 
No, I don't. I already pay for way too many services. Yeah. I, so I trade Peacock for HBO Max with a friend of mine. Um, I pay for Netflix. I pay for, I pay for um, Sirius XM. I trade for Spotify, or I'm on a Spotify family plan. That's just me and a bunch of my friends that somebody else pays for, and they have access to, like, my Netflix account or something. And then uh, uh, right now I'm paying for Hulu, but I'm going to drop that for Paramount Plus. And maybe I'll be able to trade my Paramount Plus login for somebody else's Hulu. Yeah, I've got Disney Plus. I mean, I don't have as many as Mark does, uh, and I definitely don't have Dog TV. There you go. I have considered for a while. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Disney Plus. I don't know who pays for Disney Plus, if that's me. Interestingly enough, you know, um, my brothers and I we were d- talking, we're like, why the heck did we each get a copy of Disney Plus? Um, one was because it was so cheap, but they offered us a three-year for what, it's $5 a month, and we're like, yeah, all of us have kids, and, you know, they all want their own profiles. <clears throat> now, uh, Brandy, going back to what you said about happy endings, you kind of dismissively said, I got that out of the way. So I want to make sure you appreciated that show. <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it, was a, it was a good show. I wouldn't have sat through all three seasons if, if it wasn't enjoyable. Um yeah, it was worth watching, and it, it kept my interest all throughout. And I, and I heard rumors there might be they've been talking about season four. Um, so if it does come out, I'll watch it. If it doesn't, then it's not it's not that big of a deal. I, it, I'm happy where where it ended, basically. Yeah, they uh, they've been talking about another season of that since it ended because that was one of those shows that got all moved around, and people can keep you know figure out what day and time it was on. Yep. But it was it was a really great show. It was. Um, it, you know, my wife described it really well. It's uh, friends meets a uh, new girl, and it, it really was. It, it is a combination of the two shows. And, and the fact that they make fun of uh, those shows in their show is kind of funny as well, or at least they reference it. I wouldn't say make fun of, but they reference it at least. Uh, Kyle, what uh, what originals does Paramount Plus have? Oh Lord, I don't know. Okay, Are you just, I'm not you that just far go straight yet. for the classic stuff, though, right? Yeah. Well, so I signed up for two reasons. Uh, I wanted to watch the original Perry Mason after having watched the Perry Mason on HBO, just to see because I know they're very different shows, and I, I I never really watched the original Perry Mason when it was on like Nick at Night or TV Land um, before those just started showing nothing but westerns all day. Um, so I wanted to watch it. Um, but there was also another show that in my drug induced state, uh, I got re obsessed with, and I don't remember why it was a show called Scorpion. Oh yeah. With Catherine McPhee. That show is, um, how do I put this? Um, Trippy. not good. <laughs> But it's thoroughly entertaining. Like, it's like the first episode, you've got this team of geniuses who have to drive a car the same speed as a plane so that they can plug an Ethernet cable into the plane. 
Is that still going on? That sounds like Fast and no. Furious, something they would do in Fast and they Furious got, now. They, that show got canceled uh, after its fourth season um, and ended on a cliffhanger. And so I'm about done with that show. Um, but then it was Perry Mason, and next on the list is I'll probably start the, tur- the Turtles. And um, it was Riser. Huh? You going for the original Turtles or Rise of the Turtles? Whatever Turtles they got on there. They got both. Well, then I'll watch both. It's the Turtles, man. And then he's going for the Turtles Perry Mason crossover. Well, eh? no, I, I don't remember. I, I put it on my list, and I don't. I honestly don't remember because so much of what I was watching and what I have been watching has been based on the drugs in my system. Um, I think it's New Heart. Might be something else. Might be another sitcom of that era. Mary Tyler Moore, maybe. Those are both very good shows, so. Sure. Yeah, no, it's like all those classics are good. But no, it's uh, since I've stopped taking the pain pills, the Olympics have been on. Yeah. So, you know, I've been watching that. What events have you watched? What, the what events have TV. you seen? Huh? Well, okay. What what events intrigue you the most then? I I I stayed up real late watching skateboarding. Oh yeah, I saw the uh, re-air of that today. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. Um, at no point did they have to collect all the letters of skate in one run. At no <laughs> point did they have to grind the walls to destroy the school bells, or try and find the secret tape. Um. Or unlock Spider-Man and Wolverine character right. skins. Right. Um, no, I, I I thought that was fun. I think the Olympics, you know, they're using that street league rule system, which is not something I'm accustomed to, having been an Xbox and or X game and do tour watcher most of my, my life. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was coming up in, in school, skateboarding was the cool non-sport. Like, you know, I after football practice, my friends who were skaters would be in the parking lot and we would go around, you know, like. So I've been around skateboarding a long time. Um, some of my first video editing jobs were doing skate videos for my friends. Um, so watching it be very boiled down and very sort of almost formal was weird to me. Like when dudes are skating in collared polo shirts from Nike. Um, <laughs> this is not the skateboarding I know. They're you know? sellout, man. Well, it's not that. Oh, it's oh. like, if you know, you're representing your country. You got to look a certain way. Like, I, I get that. I respect that. But it just, like, it was very different from, you the know, street. the things I'm used to. Now, when they go to park, and they're basically in the bowl skating that to me will be a little more i think comfortable uh watching well i was watching today and they had like the obstacles that i'm used to but they only did they basically their run ended when they fell down so i don't know if it was like one trick and done oh so you were probably watching the best trick portion of the event 
Oh, okay. And, but so, they had like five tries, and then there was mostly X's because they all, all fell down a lot. Right. So the way you know competitive skateboarding, I guess, works at that level now is you do two 45-second runs through the through the park, you know, and gr- do as many tricks and grinds and whatever as you can do. And then uh, you come back and you do five runs where you're basically going for your best trick. Oh, that makes sense. Then they take the four top scores you get from those five, from all seven opportunities. And that's your final score. See, it sounds like you understand it pretty well for having just said you don't understand skating anymore. No, no, no. I don't recognize it. I don't, it's not what I'm used to. Right. I mean, I watched the event and I read the rules, like, but I'm so used to, like, on the X Games, where these dudes are just, like, run after run after run and there's loud music playing, you know, and they're not really telling you what the names of the moves are because you're supposed to know. And, you know, like, it's just a very different vibe. Olympic skateboarding versus the skateboarding that most of us who would follow the sport are used to. X Games. Yep. And do tour. Which is the other big one now. Has it always been called that? Or was it called something before that? Oh, God. I think it's probably been called several things. Okay. I remember so when Monster Mountain Energy sponsors used to sponsor something. Yeah. Um, I don't honestly remember. And we're joined by uh, Miss Jen now. Miss Jen, how's it going? Man, we just had the most fun doing TV uh, trivia and quotes, of which I did horribly. I could neither neither think of any nor answer any. I don't know what it is, what the difference is between knowing TV things and knowing movie things. Movie quotes, no problem, all day long. TV, my brain was complete blank. Was it from shows that you watched or from shows that you didn't watch? That I think that would be the, the main factor. I think it was probably half and half for the ones I did not know at all. Yeah. Like, I knew the quote, but I had no idea where it was from. Give us some examples. Oh, no. Um, Hannah, which were some? Huh? What was the quote? Um, it's It's a gift. And a curse. Oh, it's a gift and a curse. That seems very generic. <laughs> no, I know that one. Well, uh, Kyle, we can get to your favorite uh, part of the show, which is box office. And I promise nothing not to made skip. any money. Y- yeah, the only movie that came out that was good this weekend was the Road Runner movie about Anthony Bourdain. And uh, we should all stop going to the movies in favor of making our own for less money. Um, one movie made 500,000 times its budget back. What? And that would have been Black Widow in third place with $10 million. There, I brought it back for you. There you, there go. you go. So anyway, yeah, M. Night Shaman, old, you know, I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, Snake Eyes, disappointing with, with $13 million, but... Of course, they're saying it's because of the resurgence in COVID, but I don't think so, because a lot of people are going outside a whole lot of places. So whether that affects the next few weeks uh, is yet to be seen. I hope not. 
Um, but given the fact that there's only one mainstream movie coming out next week, or wide release anyway, uh, Green Knight starring Dev Patel, uh, probably not looking good for box office for a while. So I think that's kind of the problem, right? Is that there was a level of some of these things were in the can already. And so they could release some movies that made some money coming out of the pandemic. Right. And now Which is how it usually happens. Making any, was making any movies. So nothing's ready. So we yeah, can all then, get real famous if we can make a $20 movie and get a local theater to screen it. We could be number one in the box office. This is true. And then, and then looking at... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Person that saw old. I did not see it. And my husband says we love M Night Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan. Did yeah. you know? Like, so was it true to the? I heard it was not true to the the book at all. I didn't read the book, so it doesn't matter to me. I just wanted to be entertained. I wanted to be, have a uh, moment in the movie, and I did have that moment. So it was all I wanted it to be. It was not something I would take my parents to because it had some kind of like super suspenseful slash a little bit gross moment. So I don't think it would be something my parents would like. But there was a lot of like, um, so I, without spoiling anything, I will say there's a lot of stuff in there that uh, I think his strength is in having movies that have enough in them that seems like it could happen to you. To make it feel like scary because you could find yourself in a situation. In this case, the idea of people like the one there's one couple that they're going on a vacation with their children as a way to give them one last good memory before they break up. That those kind of situations are peppered throughout the movie, which made it feel enough like you know what? There's a lot of people that do these actions because of these reasons. And now I'm sure everyone's going to be terrified of going on island holidays. Have uh, Kyle or Brainy, have you read the graphic novel it's based on? Have not. Of what? Of old Sand Sandcastle. It's based on a graphic novel um, from, what, five or six years ago called Sandcastle? Nope, but I've seen Gilligan's Island. I know how those things go. <laughs> I don't. I know. I, I feel like it doesn't go the same way. Eventually, actually. the Globetrotters show up and can't figure out how to save you. And then everyone feels bad for Bob Denver, especially when you realize that they got paid like a hundred dollars per episode, and that was it. Even though at one time it was the most syndicated show in te television history. Wow. I, I don't know if Bob that happened Denver for other reasons. Well, yeah, but I mean, it. It all probably didn't help <laughs> situation. I mean, have being called little buddy when you're in your mid fifties. Yeah. Eh. He deserved the drugs he did. He deserved, he definitely deserved residuals. Yes. Yep. But that's, that's how the contracts work back then. So, you know, he was out of luck. They were out of luck, rather, except for what's her name. Uh, oh my God, the one that played Marianne. What's her name? She was the only one who had residual. Don Wills. 
Yeah. And uh, it's all written into our contract, so. Well, and then uh, I guess previous, it, it's funny that they didn't know to do that because the precedent was already set when Desilu Productions filmed their own shows and retained all the, the re-air rights, so. But when you're just an actor and your, your management's not looking out for you, that's probably what's going to happen, so. Exactly. Unfortunately, that's basically what happened for them. Miss Jen, have you been watching the Olympics? I did watch a tiny bit today. Um, did anybody else just lose Jen's audio? I did lose her audio. I cannot hear her. Oh. Can you hear it now? Yes. Yeah. So weird. It's just my phone was closed more than it was before. Now we can't see you. Well, we can. Just, you know, cut off on top. Oh. Right. <laughs> now we do. Uh -oh. <laughs> Goodness gracious. How about now? Yeah. Now I see a dog yes. that you're going to ship to me. Yep. I already shipped you things today. What else do you want? The dog behind you is supposed to be have been shipped as well. I I said I heard that you say you wanted it. <laughs> I have a so our TARDIS, which is a it's full of it's full of what? Full of Doctor Who standees, so that. When we take the TARDIS places, we can set up like weeping angels and a bunch of different. That's awesome. Rainy, I'll send you a link as to where to buy them. Um, sure, why not? It's still you know more fun to bug Jen about them, but sure. Oh, absolutely. I don't expect you to actually buy them. <laughs> My stuff. Cut. Well, I had a pretty lucrative business selling standees to teenagers. At one point. Um, Did you really? Buster over here that's staring me down. When, when I had my store, I would offer standees that I could order. And teenagers love the stupid things. Um, like, at one point, I even sold a Ronald Reagan standee because it was in the catalog. But not to a teenager, though, right? Yes, to a teenager. They're like, I'm going to use it to scare the crap out of my mom. <laughs> And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm just going to put it around a corner in a dark hallway and wait for my mom to come around the corner and film it for TikTok. That's cool. Um, so she got, uh, they had two. They had President Ronald Reagan, and then they had casual Ronald Reagan, where he was like a tan suit with his legs crossed. Like he's leaning on a lamppost. Mm -hmm. She went with casual Ronald Reagan, and I'm like, how old is your mom? She told me, and I'm like, all right, just don't show it to your grandma. It might turn her on. <laughs> I don't but understand. No lie, why. there's pretty decent markup yeah. on those things. Now yeah. Hmm. Now the. Yeah. Now the shipping will kill you. On on everything, right? I mean, it's made of cardboard, so you can almost just, like, slap a label on it and have it be its own package, but... 
Uh, not not the way UPS and FedEx treat the packages. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah. What what do, are cardboard cutouts still a thing? Like, what would people be buying cardboard cutouts of right now? Oh, I had cardboard cutouts of Thanos. Um, most of the most of the the Star Wars characters. Um, I couldn't understand a word you just said. R2D2 sells really well. R2 sells well, yeah. I, I, at what point do we switch over from cardboard cutouts just to holograms? Well, uh, you have a cost effective way of getting us those holograms, not yet, but I mean, someone out there should, right. I mean, we're 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 sending people into space for fun. So like, can we figure this out? Yeah, but only if the spaceship is shaped like a penis. <laughs> so, and if you have like you know, millions and millions of dollars to buy a ticket, I guess. You have to wonder how is it that design went through all those freaking stages and nobody at all mentioned that. Hey, anybody? Does that shape look a little? Uh, Inappropriate to you? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they weren't thinking about anything but aerodynamics and efficiency. Uh, I, I don't disagree, but there's got to be a certain point where somebody's somebody, even the janitor's got to say, "Hey, that looks a little uh, inappropriate." <laughs> I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think they cared. I think they just wanted to go up to space and be like, oh, "I'm in space," and then come down. Plus, They're not even really fully in space. They also uh, gave us something to talk about. You know, that that uh, spacious stayed in the news cycle for a little while just because of the way it looked. Yeah. At, le at least 24 hours, which I guess is a lot for the, the 24 hour news cycle. So I made a joke that went a little way on the internet where I said, uh, the only the only space program that can't look like a penis is Virgin Galactic. <laughs> that went a little put that went a little bit on the internet there. It was it was nice. How many billionaires have we had to go to space lately? Like all of them? Three. Is that like the a thing now? Okay. The only one that hasn't is Warren Buffet. I don't think he's going to unless they can figure out how to make a rocket out of a seventy eight Oldsmobile. If they can figure hey. that out, if they can figure out how to make an old school Oldsmobile that costs like two hundred bucks into a rocket, he'll probably do it. Notoriously yeah. frugal, but I guess that's how he made a bunch of money. Uh, you guys had mentioned a Peacock streaming service earlier, and I'm assuming this is going to make neither one of you uh, sign up for this. Um, but they uh, acquired the the rights to The Exorcist, and they're going to make a new Exorcist trilogy, and it's actually going to star Ellen Burstyn, who's reprising her role. What? So, anyone <laughs> that interested in The Exorcist? Miss um, uh, Jen says no vehemently by shaking her head. So, uh, how much are you going to pay me to watch that? Oh, I'm not going to pay you anything. But they paid $400 million for the rights, and 
It's going to be three films and David Gordon Green, who did the new Halloween and the upcoming Halloween Kills, is going to direct it. It's going to go to theaters October 13th, 2023. And the second and third movies of this new trilogy may just air directly on Peacock. I mean, I guess it's it's a weird timing because, you know, we've had all these renditions of all these horror movies for decades, right? And The Exorcist was never really a part of that, but there was tons of movies about exorcism. So it's like, well, what can this really add? Because the name Exorcist has already sort of been co-opted by the fact that all these other movies about exorcism use that in the title. So I don't know what really is going to differentiate these enough to have people interested in a brand new trilogy and the fact that they paid $400 million just for the rights to that franchise. I cannot hear what you said, but uh, yeah, I'll just was, take that as, that yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to consider asking for a small refund for my Peacock subscription for that. For, for that? Is that? Are you offended by that? I'll be honest. I'm offended by a lot on Peacock, but they have The Office and Parks and Rec. So I'm kind of stuck. And, and Punky Brewster and the new Say by the Bell and wrestling. And Punky Brewster. The other things are... The WWE and terrible. Um, uh, but John Cena's back. He didn't save everything for you. Uh, no, that actually ruins some things. <laughs> that, because you ask we a were, we were in the thing. middle of trying to book John Cena for the experience. Uh-huh. And he come on to talk about Suicide Squad. And he goes back to WWE, and now all of his appearances have to be cleared by both companies. Oh, which is probably very difficult. It is. Hey, do any of you guys need a life-size Fabio cutout? Uh, how much is shipping? Uh, well, it's if you spend $50, you get an additional 20% off plus free shipping. Wow. is this So is, are these one of the ones that you couldn't sell from back in the day or what? No, I'm just looking at the current catalog. Can, can I give you $50 to pretend that we never heard you ask that question? <laughs> I can also get you a life-sized uh, Roy Orbison. As, I guess they just make everyone because those are two random, very random people who Justin have not had, had careers in a long time. Speaking of John Cena, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh... And hey, there's John Cena. <laughs> Just and you'll get a kick out of this, Mark. Um, the Roman Reigns ones is twenty eight by seventy five. Yeah. The John Cena is twenty eight by seventy. <laughs> okay. Because John Cena's short. Yeah. All right. We can move on from this, but I'm just. I figured yeah, I'd look kind- and see what they had in the catalog these days. I just didn't know that was still a thing because, um, you know, back in the mall there was that rotating set of stores. I think it was called like Hollywood Entertainment or something, and they just sold all this generic, you know, movie posters and coffee mugs and things like that. And they would sell cardboard cutouts, but I haven't seen them being sold in a while. You so gotta just, know where to get them. I just <laughs> Tony Curtis. It just sounds like a very specific interest. So 
No, it, oh, it super is. But like, like I said, it was one of those things that I found because somebody wanted a. I had cardboard cut out of Thanos in the store. Somebody wanted one. I'm like, well, I can't get it from Diamond anymore. Let me see if I can get it from this other place. And I could. And so then it's like, wait, you can get cardboard cutouts of who? And I'm like, well, like all the Star Wars guys and like a lot of Disney characters and dinosaurs and comic book characters and Winston Churchill. And then we but went down it? a weird political hole and they have they have one of uh, Abraham Lincoln. But is it Winston Churchill or is it John Lithgow playing Winston Churchill from The Crown? Because I would buy that one. No, it's real Winston Churchill, but they got a couple of naked Betty Pages on here. Why? <laughs> I assume because the, the images are public domain? Uh, the, the better question is, why are you wasting your time looking at these? <laughs> because now I've gone down I've gone round the bend and I have to yeah uh, did anyone see He-Man this week episode one nope. I know Kyle's not interested so Brain you've seen episode one Miss Jen did you watch He-Man she said I've heard a lot of the good things about it it's going to be my favorite show when it comes out <laughs> He says, yeah, Brandy's right. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're having a hard time. Try turning your uh, phone sideways. Hearing you, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of people talking about it. People have feelings, but I'm going to withhold that because no one's seen it and Brainy's on episode one. So we'll, we'll see. Brainy, if you watch the other four episodes, we can talk about it next week. How about that? It's only five episodes? It's only five episodes, oh, which is part which is part of <laughs> adding to the fervor of uh, people, some people. Yeah, I, I might be on that boat because that is a little bit disappointing to know it's only five episodes. But we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how the other four come out. Uh, but half episodes. It, it's not many. I mean, it's just five. But they did always say it's part one and. Also, it's called Masters of the Universe and not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So, um, I would just say just read uh, the title. But we can talk about that next time once you've caught up. Uh, we were talking about the potential casting for Batgirl, and that ended up being Leslie Grace from In the Heights. So, I'm excited by that. And I just want a Batgirl movie to finally be made and for Barbara Gordon to be in the... DC film universe, uh, regardless of how I feel about the direction of the DC film universe. I'm just glad Barbara Gordon is finally in there. Um, there's also a new Pokemon live action series in development for Netflix. Uh, I've heard Kyle is terrified of this prospect. That movie was scary. Detective Pikachu was not scary. Well, okay, tiny anthropomorphized things that look furry are supposed to be 2D. When you add that third dimension, they become something that is going to eat your soul. So it's just like the weird digital fur that you have a problem with, really? That, and like I said, uh, you know, you, they're supposed to be 2D. If it was like Roger Rabbit, 
were clearly this part's cartoons, I would have been less weirded out by it on the whole. Yeah, no, I, so it was it was just the CG, but what, do we need a live-action Pokemon? Well, if you don't oh. have live-action Pokemon, how are you going to be the best there ever was? <laughs> we probably don't, but I'm sure our kids do. Just yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Although, if it becomes a series, I would be interested to see what that does to the already insane Pokemon market. Um, which is dying down, actually. But, yeah, that's another story. Michelle, but does, it, does it give it a bump? Does it give it a shot in the arm again? Like, okay, this is a thing that's happening every week. Or, you know, they've done a season of it. It's out. You know. Um, I think it might be a financial issue now for some people. They don't have that disposable income anymore. That was, you know, handed out to them. So I'm not sure if it'll be a resurgent. Um, all the crypto money's gone as well, so they've lost money in there. They've lost money on Pokemon, and they're outside doing things for now, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of it too. Yeah, just paying to go outside and 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 do stuff, uh, vacations and all that. But we'll see. Um, we'll see because the collectible market could take another hit if we are not to hit a bump if we. Uh, get shut down again, which hopefully we do not. I can't see that happening in Texas, but uh, the way the news is going, uh, who who knows there. Um, so I want to talk about comics because there's actually a really big story, and I'm sure this could be something you guys heard about months ago, but I just heard about this. So, you know, you guys are all like industry insiders, and I'm just some guy who reads comics sometimes, but mostly is just a nerd about stuff. So, Comicsology is going to have Comicsology originals, and Scott Snyder is going to be the premier writer. He's writing eight series, and it has a roster of eight just amazing artists. And those superstar artists are Raphael Albuquerque, Greg Capullo, Francesco Francavilla, Jamal Eigel, Jacques Tula Lote, Francis Manipal, and Dan Panosian. Um, and they already have like all the synopsis for the eight books. Uh, have you guys heard about this? And how do you feel about you know the the digital first comics? We've talked about that in the past. Their first imprint book comes out Wednesday, or is on my list of books that are released Wednesday. Now that's going to be digital first, right? And then and then is it um no? Is it this dark is on or- the list of in stores comics this wednesday okay because i thought it was going to be digital it may first have and then already often. come out digitally i don't know i don't follow digital releases of this stuff okay but here let me look and see if it's in the notes because it says that they're going to be you know comicsology first and then later be offered in print through dark horse okay Um, it's so just, it's <laughs> new. Yeah. So, and everybody you mentioned, you know, they've all worked with Scott Snyder before, so it's not a surprise that they're all teaming up. Do you think eight books is too much to take on, though, at once? As a writer? Or at once. 
You said nine at once? Define at once. Well, okay, eight eight announced books. He's writing all eight. So I guess, you Except know, they could the have been... the one that's in... coming out this week is not by him. Oh, okay. It's by Frank Barbary. Yeah. All right. Barbier. Uh, called Astonishing Times. Um, it's written by Frank Barbier and Aris Quinones with uh, Ricari Coleman on art. Colors by Lauren Aff. Yeah, we should we should get uh, Frank on one of these shows. And remind me to message him. Oh, okay. I know. I now I know who this guy is. Like I'm like I, the name looks familiar, but I couldn't for the life of me think of what he wrote. He wrote Hell, Nebraska, which I love. And I think uh, was it Five Ghosts? Yeah, he also wrote Five Ghosts, and Black Market. Yes. Uh, he had a Deja Thoris run, Lobo. Superboy, Supergirl, Solar Man and the Atom, Violent Love. He's a really nice guy as well, so, you know, I'm happy for him, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no, I have no thoughts. If they're releasing, this is a book that I've not seen anywhere before. Uh, it appears to be coming straight to comic book stores rather than going on Comixology first. Okay, this was just this was more about the news that they signed Scott Snyder. So I, I made it probably sound like this was their first ever venture, but obviously they've had this going on before. So well, digital well, first isn't a new thing, but digital, you know, I guess them signing Scott Snyder to write books for them that might be a new thing, I guess. Yeah. But as far as when he's written each of these, Kyle, I don't know. But it just eight eight books at once is a lot. Well, <laughs> I mean, my thing is is that I'm gonna, for my purposes, treat it like any new publisher. Right. See how it does. You know, I regret to say I wasn't in on the first wave of Scout. I wasn't in on the first wave of uh, Behemoth and Vault and some of these companies. I was lucky I was in on SourcePoint when SourcePoint hit, you know? But that's only because I'd been seeing those guys at conventions my entire, like, professional life. And, uh, you know, I was in on Aftershock for no other reason than I knew the name Joe Pruitt and I knew his caliber qualifications. So I had a level of trust there. Um, this, I will treat it like any new publication, any new publisher. See what it does and make a decision. All right, uh, Jen, do you have any thoughts? Um, I mean, any new comics that come to the industry that will draw eyeballs or people into my shop or make them excited about something new, I can't get mad at that. Right, so we'll be, uh, we'll be looking for those books to hit then. Um, speaking of something new, so... I didn't really tune in much to Comic-Con at all. I think it's because I had been to a live-action uh, convention and Comic Blues of the week before. I bought some exclusives from Comic-Con. didn't really watch many of the panels, but 
There was a panel for a new comic called Headwound Sparrow, which is spearheaded uh, a project spearheaded with Legendary Comics by Oscar Isaacs, and he actually um, made a guest appearance on this panel from the set of Moon Knight. So, is this becoming? Do you foresee this being a trend of actors getting into comics? I mean, we had Keanu kicking it off, then Amelia Clark, and now Oscar Isaacs. Maybe like five years ago, there was comedians like Seth Meyers and Patton Oswalt who would take a shot at stuff. Even even uh, wrestlers like CM Punk, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has written a book. But do you think do you think oh, that uh, this is going to be on. a recurring trend of actors coming in and doing this? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has written a lot of books. He's written a lot of books, but he wrote he wrote the Mycroft Holmes mm-hmm. uh, comic book miniseries, and I, that, I think that's that, probably what he's most famous for, for sure. Yeah, for but sure. Remember Brian Posehn, who had a really well received run on Deadpool, comedian. Yes. Jerry Duggan, comedian, who is now a full time comic writer. Mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt, comedian, who's written a ton of comics. Right. Kevin Smith. Uh, I mean, the list keeps going. I mean, sometimes he's not funny, but he's still an actor comedian who has done a ton of books. You know, I mean, he's worked everywhere. So it's not a new trend. It's just something we're noticing because it's very in vogue right now. But but also those are pretty three three pretty big actors like the people you mentioned yeah they were comics and and then you know we've had athletes do this but this is pretty three pretty big actors I mean this is the mother of dragons writing a book called Mom this is Keanu Reeves after all of his success forever but most notably for John Wick writing a comic book called Berserker and now you have Oscar Isaacs from you know all in with Disney with Star Wars and he's going to be Moon Knight um, pitching a book. So, but, I mean, to me it's years, a current... A few years back you had John Leguizamo writing Devastator for... Um, he's writing it again now for Todd McFarlane for Spawn. Okay, okay. I mean, it's not, it's not a new trend. But it's one of those it's, things that it's like it's reached a critical mass where it's happening a lot more than it used to. Yeah. And it might be happening on a larger scale with larger names. I'm not I'm not going to negate any of that. But what I'm saying is it's not new. Correct. Jennifer, we had Jennifer Love Hewitt do it. We had uh-huh. Reese do it. Um, a lot of the wrestlers actually did write um, um, comics. Melissa Milano had a book. She did? Yeah, I mean... I, I should have used the term re-emerging trend. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> and it might be that it's a trend that has taken on new levels. Like, the the analogy I would make is, how many kids do you see wearing Vans every day now? Like, Vans tennis shoes. When I was a kid, the only people who wore Vans were skaters. Yep. It was a trend, but it was a trend among a very select group. Correct. Now it's a just full-blown trend. It's at a bigger level. And, and so, oh, so we also have to look into the, from the perspective that comic book comic books have become more mainstream than they used to be. Uh, even though they're less they're less in print, they are more visible to people now. People more people know what comic books are, and they're not just for kids. So they're you know they're exploring it a little bit further. And when well, they hear- and with comic books really being the 
pipeline to IP. If you're an actor who can get in with a comic book company, write a comic, then shepherd it because you've already got a development deal somewhere. Amelia Clark, I'm certain, has a first look deal somewhere. Right. For scripts that she finds or gets sent to her that she wants to star in. Yeah. Well, if she writes the script, then takes it to the company to develop, gets it developed, it becomes a thing. Now she's got all of a sudden her little what? slice, which is her per episode, goes up because she's getting a per episode for producing, you know, for writing, for creation. So it's a way for these actors really to build their own, you know, franchises. And it's it's financially better for them because it's not that much money out of their pockets. And it, it's visually appealing for the studios to look at as well, you know, as opposed to trying to read a script. You know, they see, they see the script visually as well. So uh, you know, comics are a good medium for them. Well, and let me let me draw this some things I can speak numbers on. Uh, do you guys know what a person who gets a songwriter credit gets for every song, every time a song gets played on three, radio or on TV? Three, like, is it like, like three thousandths of a cent? Nine tenths of a cent. Okay. That That's standard industry rate. Now, if you're the writer of the song and you recorded the song, you're getting, you know, the the royalties from having recorded the song, which on a 99-cent sale is about 25 cents, plus your nine-tenths of a cent every time that song sells. So if you have a song go platinum, you're talking real money. Then you get a cut of every record sale and cut of ticket sales and cut of merch. You're talking real money because you have your fingers in all the pies. You, this you is a about- way for... A, an actor or actress to do that with future IP for the big screen or television. That's why Taylor Swift pays off her songwriters so that they don't get songwriter credits. She does. I didn't mean to just out Taylor Swift, but you know. Well, uh, yeah, I just, the, the, those, the three names that, I, I was mentioning doing it that to me those those are pretty big names so it'll be interesting to see um what happens with each three of those properties and who else is like hey uh, i want to jump in on this trend so because there's probably people out there who would be given their own imprint by some some company just you know to do it for the name so also guess that there's probably a lot of people that are you know creative people are actors and actresses and directors and those kinds of people that like they're creative in more than one arena so mm-hmm. want to put their fingers in more than just acting if they want to try comic books they probably want to write novels maybe they want to sing we see that a lot with a lot of like when we have wrestlers that they become actors or singers or whatever they're they've they've got huge talent so they've got to they want to try a little bit of this and a little bit of that so maybe now it's become very acceptable for someone of the caliber of a keanu reeves or an isaacs to do this to be like no one's going to say you're 
you're going to kill your career if you do this. You know, everybody yeah. knows that that's where the, the stuff comes from. So they're like, go for it, man. Yeah, and like Kyle said, it's an investment in the in the future as well as the present, and as well as trying, you know, a new creative outlet. So, yeah. anyone have anything uh, to wrap up the show with? Anything you want to throw out there? Um, there's a bunch of cool number ones coming out tomorrow, including Colin Buns, the last for Gilbert Reed number one. Brandon, you got anything? Um, no, not really. Like Jen said, there's a lot. There's a lot of cool books coming out, but nothing I've, uh, you know, actually sat down and sank my teeth into and looking into what uh, what's in my box. My box is huge this week, which I'm, uh, but uh, you know, it's going to be something to go through. I might actually have three boxes. Well, two of them I probably won't be able to take until August anyway, but that's a different story. Because we we get our uh, free comic book day books. At least part one of them shipped this week. Oh, okay. Uh, just something I want to put on people's radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Image Comics, Mirka Andolfo's Sweet Paprika number one. Yep. Uh, I think that's a book that stores are going to either uh, have wildly missed on or are going to have ordered up on and still not ordered enough. Um, also, be aware that cover A is not shipping this week. You can get the rest of the covers from your local comic shop, but not number one, not the A. Um, I believe the uh, last book you'll ever read is coming out this week, or is that just cover C? No, I think I, yeah. Love it. And it's your last chance to get Department of Truth number one. It is in final printing this week. That is true. And what printing is that? Is that like fifth printing? Six. Six. Six, okay. Well, it's their sixth printing until they do a, you know, tie-in with a metal cover tied into another book. Like, well, Image has been good about, you know, yeah, their final. So, they're, you, you know, guys so. remember when Image used to never do a second printing? Yeah. Those were the days. That's because they made three hundred thousand copies of uh, issue three million, and you know, sold only twelve. No, I mean, at one point, that was, like, their thing, is we don't do second printings. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Like, that made my life so much easier. Because when it was gone, it was gone. And people just had to suffer. And that, you know, kind of like... They they were counting on selling more graphic novels. They were just, you know, like, all right, we put the book out, we're just going to sell more graphic novels. Right. Uh, that model's changed now because of all this, you know, the speculators and stuff. But Right. All right, well, so that was Sweet Paprika, right? That's like the, the top book this week to look out for then? Uh, that's my pick of the book okay. that people are going to be on. But yeah. with cover A not coming out, it might it might sway that. Because I didn't have that note. Mm-hmm. Does that just mean it comes out later when it gets there or what? Or is or it's yeah. not happening? Next, next week. There was just a uh, print. Oh, okay. All right, so we'll be looking out for all those books this week. Uh, thank you, Kyle, Brainy, and Miss Jen for being on the show tonight. Uh, and thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geenum on Woodlands Online, sponsored by Space Cadets Collection Collection. 
and The Adventure Begins. Check out their other shows on Woodlands Online like Taste Buds, Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Follow, Sports Talk, and Between the Trees Business Talk. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQT HD21, over there on your television. All these shows and more on Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands Online Television to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to the podcast version of this show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you next time on Nerd News Now.